I felt like a different person afterwards. I was like, how in heavens did you just do that? And that just opened Pandora's box for me. I was like, I need to know more about this and how it works. But my nurse brain's going, this doesn't make any sense. You know, it's not tangible. There's no science behind it. And I felt I had this real inner conflict because having been a nurse but at this point by, for about, I don't know, 12 years it must have been. And I'm thinking, how can this work? I don't get it. So that then led me to go and study it too, because I wanted to know more. I wanted to understand it. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast. Nurses are the backbone of healthcare, always there to care for strangers as if they were one of their own, often forsaking special moments with their own family in order to ensure another's loved one is being cared for. As nurses, self-care is essential. I am Elena Mullery, nurse educator and self-care mentor for nurses. I'm an RN with 20 years of clinical experience, a first-hand experience of stress and burnout. It was this experience which led me to develop a passion for personal development and pursue the study of mindfulness, meditation, hypnotherapy and neuro-linguistic programming. Each episode, I will be promoting self-care strategies to those who always care for others. I have broken self-care down into five aspects, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual and indulgence, to make it easy to ensure all your self-care needs are being met. Each episode, I will interview nurses and self-care gurus from around the world to help you with each aspect of your self-care. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast with Elena Mullery. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Happy Nurse Podcast. I'm Elena, as you all know. And today I am joined by a long-term friend of mine, Nikki Schultz. Nikki is a kinesiologist and spiritual life coach. She uses energy healing and intuitive guidance to help women feel more lit up, connected and aligned with themselves, their life and their purpose. She's passionate about helping people learn to tune into their own inner wisdom and guidance so they can finally get off life's treadmill and start living a life of their dreams. Welcome to the podcast, Nikki. It's so good to have you here. Thank you. I'm heaps excited to be here. You're over in Adelaide, aren't you? I am. Yes, I am. Yep. Nikki and I met years ago. In fact, we were just discussing this before we started recording. It's many years ago, but it's a long time since we've actually connected face to face as well, isn't it? Life just passes by, um, but we keep each other informed on the good old social media, what's happening in our lives, don't we? (laughs) So, yeah, I'll get you quickly, Nikki, if you don't mind just to explain what kinesiology is so that any listeners out there who don't know anything about it will have a better understanding of what maybe what we're talking about during this episode. Yeah, sure. So it was actually developed by some chiropractors. They used muscle testing as a way of getting biofeedback from the body. So finding where there's any imbalances, either like energetically, physically, in like biochemically and it's really just it uses this tool called muscle testing as a way to communicate with the body and 
yeah, I guess to find out what it needs to bring it back into a state of homeostasis. So, yeah, and then there's lots of like, I guess, little offshoots of it and the sort of kinesia I deal with, I guess, is more dealing with the energetic body and the spiritual body. Awesome. Thank you. It's okay. Um, All this stuff fascinates me, as you know. This is how we met. I honour energetic healing training course years and years ago I've um I'm outing myself out of the closet here to my listeners <laughs> we discussed beforehand I'm like will I won't I well here it goes it's coming out so <laughs> yeah I'm very interested in energy healing as well and that's why I was excited to get Nikki on the show I actually it's been a huge part of my journey to get to where I am today I was introduced to energy healing oh, when my youngest one was just months old and I was had a bit of postpartum depression and I was really homesick. I was missing home because I had this new baby and I was on the other side of the world from my family. And yeah, I was feeling really homesick. And my cousin was studying this energy healing modality at the time. And I remember her saying to me, I need people to practice on. Can I practice on you? And I'm thinking, the nurse in me is going, yeah, sure, no problem. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, what a heap of rubbish. Yeah, whatever. I'll let you practice. So off I went this day and she did this energy healing session on me. And I felt like a different person afterwards. I was like, how in heavens did you just do that? And that just opened Pandora's box for me. I was like, I need to know more about this and how it works. But my nurse brain's going, this doesn't make any sense. You know, it's not tangible. There's no science behind it. And I felt I had this real inner conflict because having been a nurse but at this point by, for about, I don't know, 12 years, it must have been. And I'm thinking, how can this work? I don't get it. So that then led me to go and study it too, because I wanted to know more. I wanted to understand it. And that has been a huge part of my journey to getting to where I am today. Today, I'm more about mindfulness and mindset and my NLP and my hypnosis but I wouldn't have got to where I am today without having studied that energy stuff back then and I still use it on myself and my children today and I understand that there's much more to us than just our physical body you know there is this energetic body there and I almost feel like I've got one foot in the eastern world and one foot in the western world you know with the nurse and the, and the energy stuff going on so yeah I just thought I'm going to share this with the listeners at last and and let them know you know yeah, and if I can out you even further and just say that you're a very gifted energy healer as well. So, <laughs> Yeah, you're really outing me now. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I get told this all the time and I, I don't use it like I should. But yeah. I spread, I feel like I spread it just by being present with people and, and being loving and compassionate and like doing the podcast, you know, it's, Understanding all the energy work and what's behind it has led me to have the courage to step out and do this podcast and share what I can with my nursing colleagues. But yeah, there's definitely this, I don't know what to call it. Is it a disparity? I don't think it's conflict. Maybe it is in some realms, but between the East and the West, you know, in terms of when it comes to medicine. And I'm still clinical, you know, I will still work at the bedside. 
And I see how the two could work so beautifully in harmony with each other. And and my dream is that one day that will actually happen. They'll be more integrated and the Eastern philosophies will be more accepted by the Western world. Yeah, 100%. I definitely think there's space for both of them and they do work so synergistically well together. I was really sad when the health funds pooled a lot of the um, yeah the funding for... It's because has kinesiology been taken off? Yes. But used to be on the private health, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought it had. Yeah, and that's really sad because I feel like that's a step backwards rather than a step forwards. I mean, the health system is under so much pressure, you know. It's really struggling at times to meet the demands of the patients. And some of these complementary therapies or alternative therapies, whatever you want to label them, they can actually take the strain off of the mainstream Western medicine world if they would just allow it to. You know, I see it as being this huge untapped resource at the moment that could really help patients if the two could just meet in the middle. What do you get? Absolutely. Yeah. And like I mentioned to you when we were chatting just before, like I've been doing volunteer work in a hospice for about nine years or so. They have a complementary care centre within this hospice and the number of client or patients that I've worked with on a voluntary basis, seeing their pain reduced by me doing Reiki. I remember like one of my favourites, she was the most beautiful lady and unfortunately she's passed away now, but she was like end-stage cancer and in a lot of pain and every time she came to see me, she said the only time she actually felt relief was when she'd had the Reiki with me. And she said for just that window of time, she just didn't feel any pain. And that is a huge gift to be able to give someone like, despite all the heavy duty painkillers that she was on, that was not bringing relief, but this energy work was, and she could feel it in her body. I didn't need to say this is going to do that or anything. She just knew it. And so she really looked forward to those those sessions with me what a beautiful gift thank you so much for doing that for contributing to end stage care that's amazing yeah yeah it's challenging but it is a beautiful thing to be able to give people as well and also the families just to bring them some relief and to pamper them when they're going through such a horrible time to just give them a few like half an hour to an hour where they can just let go and just be pampered and feel good and yeah yeah because the relatives as well I mean us nurses we are very focused on the patient obviously and we want to be there for the relatives too but we can only do as much as we can do so knowing that there's services such as yourself and what you're offering can really lighten the load on us because we can then refer people knowing that they're going to get this amazing care from you know alternative therapists yeah yeah. I know here in Perth, there's in one of the big public hospitals and um, Sir Charles Gardner there, I think it's called the Rainbow Centre and they do a lot of Reiki in there as well. And it's the same. It's for oncology patients, palliative patients and their support workers. So it is starting to get integrated more, but it's still considered woo-woo, you know. I think... As a nurse, and obviously being very scientific, being a nurse, I can understand why my healthcare colleagues do struggle with it because you can't measure it. It's not tangible. You know what I mean? It's 
but having experienced it myself many, many times and actually practicing it myself, I see the results and you can't deny them. It's I've got some friends in the energy healing world here in Perth, and they're really keen to actually be studied and do some research to try and prove what's actually going on. But they're struggling to get anyone to fund it for them because it's still considered, you know, a bit left field, if you like. So, Yeah, and that's where I guess the people that do want that evidence and the proof struggle because there's not the funding for the research to show you like give the proof so yeah it's a catch a frustrating catch 22 (laughs) yeah 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 it's it's a very frustrating catch 22 but like acupuncture is widely accepted these days yoga that's energy healing in itself you know it's working with the same energy body so it is slowly integrating into the western society and i hope that the more people who start practicing it and start using it, the more accepted it's going to become. It's my dream that in my lifetime, I will see the two working together. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So as you know, I'm all about self-care. You've known me for years and years and years. But the podcast and Happy Nurse is all about promoting self-care. And in that, I speak about non-negotiables, about having a non-negotiable in your self-care to ensuring that you are taking the best care of yourself. What is your non-negotiable, Nikki? Mine would be probably getting out in nature and my morning practice. So it's something I used to be very strict about, like I have to meditate for at least 15 minutes and then I have to do some yoga stretching and then I have to do this and have to do that. And it all started feeling really chory and I let go of it for a bit. And then I guess when COVID hit last year and like, we first went into lockdown, I was struggling to keep up with the have-tos like all of us were, just like that, just trying to see what was really essential in our lives. And so I kind of let go of it looking like something and I went, okay, today I just feel like doing this or today I'm going to only spend five minutes meditating and go for a walk in a forest and and that's going to be part of my like reconnecting with myself and my inner guidance, I guess, as well, because there's so much noise around COVID and what's going on and everything. And so just to be able to connect in for what feels true for me. And yeah, so every morning, my morning practice looks different, but it's there every morning. And it's always that space to just reconnect with myself and that commitment to myself to have that practice that brings me back into some form of alignment. Yeah, so your non-negotiable would be that space that you create to do as you feel inspired to do that day. Yeah. 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 And like, it might be a big journaling session or it might just be some meditation or it might just be sitting there with my cards and my oils and just, yeah. So just allowing it to be whatever it, it wants to be that morning. Yeah. That's awesome. Because you're so intuitively guided anyway, you will be doing what's right for you in that moment. So yeah, that's awesome. And you spoke about a few times there about being in nature. Yes. That in itself is so healing, you know, going out into the natural world and reconnecting with the natural world. I love to, I do it on the beach usually, so it's quite normal, but walk barefoot on the ground, you know, 
Yes. It's so in understanding our energy body, I understand how important it is to do that and to ground ourselves. And it's all to do with here's the science, the geeky bit, you know, it's all to do with the negative and positive ions in our body. And when we actually walk barefoot, we get rid of that rubber in between our feet and the ground. We're rebalancing all those negative and positive ions that are floating around our body. So there is science in here, guys, you know. (laughs) It's not all crazy stuff, but, and I also say, you know, nature is one of the things that I advocate for a lot too, because we work in these boxes that are artificially lit, you know, there's nothing natural about it, but we're at heart, our two million year old brain is tribal. It lived in a cave, you know, it wants to be in that natural environment. And I know myself, if I've done a stretch of like three or four shifts in a row and I haven't really experienced nature because I've been so busy at work and then home and on the hamster wheel, if I don't get out in nature, I get cranky. I get really cranky to the point I've now started. I've been doing this all, all summer. I now sit in the garden every night to have my dinner. And the days I'm off, I sit out there and have my breakfast as well, because I've got a lovely green garden with heaps of native plants and there's lots of um, birds and stuff. And I just love sitting out there watching them all and listening to it all because it's such a stark um, polarity almost to what the environment that I'm working in all day. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. And yeah, it is so healing just for that reason. And like you said, to be so disconnected from our like, circadian rhythms by being in that artificial lighting and all that just trying to like almost reset our body in the tiny bit that we can while still functioning in the world by just getting out in nature and being in that natural light and everything and connecting with the earth and yeah it's so so important and I I, yeah I could not like I'm very lucky I live like 300 meters from the beach so I get to go out on the beach every day and if I can't do that, I do, I'm the same. I'm just like, nah, something's not right. I feel out of whack. Like, yeah. So it's really funny what it does to me, but I think that's part of, well, of being in tune with yourself and understanding your body and what it wants. Like, I think, and that comes from studying the energy work. I am so aware of my own body now. You talk about intuition, and I know you're amazing at tapping into your own intuition. You need to be able to do what it is you do with your kinesiology. Do you have any tips or techniques to help people to connect more easily with that intuition? Like, is there? It's really about creating space for it, I feel. Like, if you just keep your mind so busy and, like, you go from work and you listen to the radio or listen to a podcast and as soon as you get home you put on the TV and then you watch that until you go to bed and then you look at your phone before you go to sleep. And, like, if you're not creating that space, you're not creating space to be able to connect and to hear those whispers because that's what they are. They're just, like, a really subtle whisper and sometimes they can be screams as well, like, not literally but like you know when you're just like no this isn't right this doesn't feel right you might be walking down a dodgy street or something and something's like screaming at you get out of this street that's like your intuition and so I feel like yeah just creating space and whether that's meditating or whether that's literally just walking on the beach and having nothing to listen to but the sounds of the waves and yeah that's 
I guess, my answer to that. <laughs> it, that's beautiful. You know, that's what I do. I just, I create that space. And I speak about meditating all the time. You know, my listeners know that I'm a big advocate for that and I do it regularly. But it is, it's when you're in that peaceful state, it's almost when you come out of the meditation, all this, you call them thoughts, but all these ideas come flooding in. And that's where I get a lot of my inspiration for the happiness. You know, it's after those moments and I'll think, oh yeah, I could try that or I could do this. And my first kind of experience with my intuition Oh, years and years ago. And this is a story. I'm, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, Nikki, but you know my history and what happened with my mom and my brother and everything. And I was living in Sydney at the time and I was incredibly homesick. And I was there with Tom, my ex-husband. We weren't married then. We were only dating, but yeah, we lived in Sydney for a year. And this was way back, God, 2003. So my mom had died at this point and I'd gone off for this year in Sydney with Tom and I was really homesick. We'd been there. We'd been there nearly a year, but I really, I just all of a sudden wanted to go home. I couldn't understand why, but I wanted to go home. I was so unhappy. And one day I came in from work and I came into the apartment and there was no one there. There'd been no one there all day. I was on my own and all I could smell was my mom's perfume. My mom had been dead for five years at this point, okay? But I was just like, all I could smell. And I thought, something is wrong. I have to get on a plane and I have to go home. So that's what we did. We were gone within a couple of weeks. I didn't tell my little brother I was coming home. He'd been distraught that I'd left because I'd turned into this mother figure for him when mom died. He was only 15 at the time. He was really upset that I'd gone. Anyway, I hadn't told him I was coming home and I'll never forget the day. He was a mechanic and he was just about to finish his, his apprenticeship. And he worked in the garage just up the road from my family home. And dad picked me up at the airport. I arrived back in Aberdeen like it was six in the morning or something stupid. It was a really early flight in. And dad came and picked me up and I went home and got myself sorted. And then I just walked into the garage where my brother worked. And I will never to this day forget the look on his face. He was just overjoyed. It's making me emotional speaking about it. I know, me too. <laughs> yeah. He was overjoyed to see me. And, and it was just months after that he was killed in a car crash. So, mm. you know, that was definitely something was guiding me to get back home to do have that special memory. You know, God, I'm getting really emotional speaking about this. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and it's a memory I will treasure forever just seeing that look on his face and being able to spend it was just before Christmas so I spent Christmas with him and you know and we got to reconnect again and spend some time together and then yeah then he was gone and that's such a powerful representation of listening to your intuition and how important it is because imagine if you hadn't like you would live with that regret that oh if only I'd had that time with him like and let's not even talk about that but you're like thank God that you listened to her and had that time with him like yeah and that beautiful memory yeah I got on that I got on that plane and got home it was crazy stuff so yeah that was my first kind of experience of really tapping in and listening I was like but was that the smell was overwhelming so it was obviously some what's that called clear sentience isn't it that, yeah one of the clear 
clears when you go into the spiritual realm we talk about these five different clears i'm not going to go into this but <laughs> that's a whole different can of worms um <laughs> but yeah like it was a really powerful moment in my life that led to other powerful moments if you know what i mean so and yeah it's something that i'll treasure forever we call it like what's your gut saying you know that is your intuition you know when you're when some you make a decision or you're wrestling with something and something just doesn't feel right inside, it's your intuition speaking to you, saying, are you on the right path or are you not? So it's something we've all got and we can all tap into all the time, hey? Yeah, definitely. And I guess like so many of the clients that I see, they, they're overthinkers and so they're so stuck in their head and busy with what's going on in there and get misguided by your thoughts and lose sight of your intuition if you're stuck in your head but something I get people to do and this is just something that works for me and so I started suggesting it to clients is I imagine I'm just like walking into an elevator inside of my head and that elevator drops down to my heart and then I kind of tune in with the decision that I'm wrangling with or whatever and and feel it from my heart space and then if I need to and I'm still not getting that clarity go down to your gut and like you're just going down into the elevator in your gut and then like tune into that space and are you getting more clarity from that rather than just being stuck in your head where yeah all the noise is (laughs) yeah that's beautiful I love that I'm gonna give that a try actually from next time it's really effective yeah (laughs) my mind's going crazy thank you for sharing yeah. <laughs> and it is, it's that they're now realizing there is a connection between the brain and the gut. You know, they've been researching the connection between the brain and the heart for a while, but now they're going down into the gut as well. And I can't remember, I'm like, I'm not, don't quote me on this, but I'm sure it's something to do with serotonin levels and the effect that your gut biome's got on it. There's, there's some kind of- yeah, something like that. Yeah, I've looked into it a bit because it does fascinate me as well, but they are calling the gut your second brain now as well. And I've had another nurse on the podcast a couple of times. She's actually an ex-colleague of mine and she talks about your three brains, you know, your brain, your heart brain and your gut brain. She's, that's very much what she's into. And yeah, it's really fascinating. When I started the Happy Nurse podcast and, well, when I first started the workshops a few years ago now, I um, realized really quickly that self-care often gets associated with things like bubble baths, day spas, getting your hair or nails done, you know, all these really kind of extravagant things. But that's not what it's all about. So I created a model that breaks it down into five aspects, which are the mental, emotional, the physical, the spiritual, and the indulgence. And the indulgence is this, what I was just talking about, you know, the day spa, the hair, whatever. What is your idea of indulgence self-care? What do you do? Yeah, mine is probably like going to a health retreat. There's one I've been to in Bali a couple of times. And it's really beautiful. And just like I'd go do a juice um, cleanse there. So I'm just like having freshly squeezed organic juices every meal for seven days and have like they do, you get this program where you have like a massage or some reflexology or yeah, all different sorts of those beautiful pampery things. And they've got a sauna there and pools with magnesium water in them. And 
you have colonics every day like that to me is indulgent self-care because I don't have to worry about anything or anyone or I don't have to be doing something else I can just completely be in the moment and I remember last time I was there it was December 2019 and just like floating in the pool and just listening to the noises of the jungle and watching butterflies go past and watching big lizards crawl through the jungle and just like going oh feeling the most like every time I have to think of my happy place now I go back there because it was just like I was missing my dog but other than that I was just like completely switched off and didn't have to think about anything else other than just being in that moment and just to have that freedom in your mind as well of just complete spaciousness and not having to not having guilt that you should be doing something else like when you do when you're having a holiday at home like there's a million things you can be doing but it's like I can't do anything right now I could go back to my room and read a book but that's about the most I can do. So, yeah, just having that complete spaciousness, that's so indulgent to me. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I must pick you up for the name of that place after. Yeah. <laughs> I want to give it a go. Once we can travel back to Bali, of course, it's kind of we're not allowed to leave the country right now, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, we're still very lucky to be in Australia, yeah oh completely yeah yeah a lot of my listeners are in the UK and the US and yeah they've got a very different scenario to what we're yeah it's been tough for them yeah full of gratitude to be here we'll travel when we can but yeah that sounds amazing yeah (laughs) is that Epsom salt pools then they've got there yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, yeah. Because it's you can taste it and it's really salty and it's not chlorinated at all. So you're not like having all this detox stuff done and then pumping yourself full of chlorine. Like it's like they've, um, yeah. How go- I love to go to the floats. Do you go in the floating? T- oh, yeah, yeah. Some people can't handle them because they're claustrophobic and too much in your head, like too much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love them as well. Yeah. So do I actually fall asleep in them? Yeah, I reckon I did because my. I had a 45-minute session and I swear I was in there 10 minutes. Like it just went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I go in there and fall asleep. It's, yeah, it's amazing. It's just that weightlessness, you know? Yeah. It's almost like womb-like, isn't it? Like, you, yeah, um, you just go into complete, I, I don't know what it is. I turn the lights off. I have complete silence. I remember one of my colleagues, she went for one not long ago because I'd recommended it to her. She went, Elena, I could hear my heart beating. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really interesting. But, yeah, it's an awesome experience, just, just, just shutting that lid and removing yourself from the world for 45 minutes or an hour I try and do it regularly I'd love to do it more than I do but yeah in fact you've just reminded me I'm going to book one in for next week yeah Yeah. (laughs) awesome I'll check up on you and make sure you do (laughs) if you enjoy meditating or you would like to give meditation a try why not head on over to happynurse.com.au forward slash meditation to download my free guided meditation for stress and anxiety relief. It's 12 minutes of pure self-care. I also speak about being the best versions of ourselves, and I know you're a big advocate for that too because I believe as nurses if we're turning up as the best versions of ourselves we're providing the best care we can for our patients. Who or what inspires you to be the best version of yourself, Nikki? 
my niece and nephew definitely do. Like I don't have my own kids, but I'm very close to my niece and nephew and I just want to be a positive role model for them. And then I guess my clients as well. Like if I am someone that's like, oh, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. To be like integrity is very important to me. So I don't ever suggest things to people that I, I wouldn't do for myself and practice what you preach isn't it yeah I guess yeah yeah it is but then I guess I've been doing a lot of self-development work the last probably 12 18 months as I've gone completely into my own business and given up like my full-time other job and that's a massive journey into self-development in itself but something I've learned in that process is being impeccable with my word to myself and so being able to trust my own word and that's something that I've let my down myself down with a lot over the years and it's a practice that I'm still trying to get good at is like if I say I'm going to do something do it and not for anyone else but for myself like don't let myself down and that's kind of it gets reflected to me in the quit smoking clients that I see like just and I know as a smoker I used to feel that as well just the guilt and the shame that you'd feel for yourself because you said tomorrow I'm going to quit and you don't and then this is the last cigarette I'm going to have and then you have another one and and so by me saying right I'm going to be doing this and then not doing it I'm letting myself down no one else and that's I guess I was thinking about that this morning when I was thinking of what we were going to talk about it's like that is a huge part of self-care is honoring your own word and being the best version of yourself for no one else but you because you're the one that you have to live with all your life. And so, yeah, that's... I always say, you know, when you're... This is when, if I'm externalising it, when you're saying yes to someone else, are you saying no to yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's important to be saying yes to ourselves and looking after ourselves first, isn't it? Totally, yeah, yeah. It comes into boundaries. Yeah, and having boundaries with ourselves as well, like how far we'll let ourselves go from what, you know, like you said, like from your word, what you've said you're going to do. And if you make a decision, then sticking to it. There's also a level of compassion in there because sometimes we can say stuff in the the heat of the moment and then be like, oh, actually. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, the smoking one's a good um, example. So, you know, I've got friends who are, I've never smoked, so I've never had to grapple with this, but I've got friends who smoke. I know they've given up and then they've gone back and then they've given up. And, and you know, and I, I can see them doing that dance in their head of, I know I want to, but like, yeah. And it's obviously, it's going back to that basic need that it's feeding, you know, something in there that, that cigarette it's meeting a need somewhere so until we're going all nlp now until you meet that need (laughs) you're going to keep smoking so it's really interesting isn't it yeah it is yes we're fascinating creatures yeah (laughs) we are fascinating creatures yeah. yeah i just had a refresher of nlp kind of on steroids i did um i've spoke about this in a few podcasts there recently and listeners will be like oh here she goes again but uh, (laughs) I've just done Tony Robbins UPW I'm so pumped after doing it have you ever done it no I did he did like a free five-day one just before he did UPW and I did that free one but I I didn't feel like being up all night that hyped up (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. I did it. I was here in Perth. It was 10 p.m. through till 1 p.m. the next day. Yeah. <laughs> I was up all night and my body didn't know my arse from my elbow. You know, I was all over the shop. I can't sleep in the day. I can catnap, but I can't yeah. sleep. So I'm the same. Yeah. <laughs> I think by Sunday night, I was just like, the kids had been at their dad's and they came home and they're like, Mom, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know, actually. <laughs> I was just so pumped. I was so high on the energy from like what he's created virtually is pretty amazing, you know. But yeah, it was it was an awesome weekend. But yeah, he, I'm getting back to where it's going. He talks about these six basic human needs that we've all got. And it's made me revisit stuff that I learned years and years ago. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, I'd forgotten about it all. So yeah. And how like habits like smoking, drinking, they're all meeting one of these basic human needs that in a probably it's in a negative way because it's a sort of vice rather than a yeah something that's good for us but yeah that's the podcast altogether yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've studied nlp too haven't you i have yeah yeah and hypno as well so yeah you're a woman of many talents aren't you? i just find minds fascinating and i guess as i've wanted to delve deeper into learning how to strengthen my own mindset yeah, so I've been like kind of done it for me as much as I've done it to help others. So yeah, yeah, I'm the same. This all originally started to help myself, and now I'm, you know, the encouragement of my colleagues. A couple of years ago, they were like, "You have to teach this to everyone." It's <laughs> <was> like, really? <laughs> so yeah, here I am, two years later, <laughs> I'm doing this. So. Yeah. Is there anything else you would like to share with the listeners in regards to self-care or any tips or? I guess just to stress the importance of it and like you kind of talk about with everything that you stand for, like that nurses are giving back so much that it is so important to fill your own cup. And that's something I'm really passionate about as well, like the filling your own cup. So it's like that analogy of like put the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on your kids. And and so it really is so, so important. And so how can you do that and what does that look like? And I guess like I know nurses can be time poor and they do shift work and got to find time for sleep and everything, but what, what tiny window can you create and intentionally say this is me filling up my cup so that like, energetic and your mind like you're kind of saying creating that container for the opportunity to fill up your cup and so your body by setting the intention and creating that container then on some energetic level your body is recognizing that you've created that space for it and it doesn't have to be massive it doesn't have to be grand or big but just sitting down outside and having a cup of tea like that that could be it just whatever it looks like for you and intentionally going right I'm just going to create this space for myself now and do it. Yeah. And do it every day. <laughs> yeah. It's catching those micro moments. I call, you know, like, you know, I said earlier, I've started having breakfast outside and dinner outside when I can, you know, while it's nice weather here in Perth still. And just, yeah, with the intention of this is time for me. Even if it's taking yourself off for a bath or, you know, going and having a nice long shower or, you know, going for a walk on the beach or in park or whatever it is. But if you set that 
intention, like you say, you know, that this is what you're doing. And it just helps your, it's all those neural pathways, isn't it? You're rewiring that and you're creating this new pathway in that I'm actually doing this for me. I'm not. And make sure it's something, this is something that I like to stress as well. Make sure it's something you want to do. It's not something that you think someone else thinks you should do. You know, we're often like, you'd think the way I am and how spiritual I am and everything I'm into, I would be a huge fan of yoga. I hate yoga. Like, yeah, it's not me. (laughs) And I openly, and people always look at me and like, really? Totally thought you'd be into yoga. I'm like, I just don't get it. It's not me. But I know for a while I battled and I'm like, I should like yoga because I'm into spirituality and, and it's all about, you know, and aligning with my chakras and blah, blah, blah. And then and I'm like, no, just I'm not doing it. I give up. <laughs> I mean, like I'm a dancer at heart. You know, I'd much rather be jumping around high energy dancing. You know, I was a Highland dancer for 20 years. That to me, that's my connection yeah, yeah, that's just his cup feeling, isn't it? Just to have a good dance and, yeah, shake off everything and, yeah. And as soon as the word should comes into it, it's like it's a chore. It's not filling your cup. It's like. It's to make sure it's something that you actually want to do. It's not because you feel you should be doing it. So, yeah, yeah, the minute should comes in, that's so, yeah, that's so true, Nikki. Doing it for someone else and not for yourself. So it's about what you want to do. Oh, thank you for today. It's been wonderful chatting to you and reconnecting. Yeah, it's been amazing. Thank you. I've definitely come out of the spiritual closet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) (laughs) The listeners have learned about this whole other side to me that they didn't know about. It was time. So yeah, more and more of my personal life is coming out the more episodes I record. I was sharing this with Nikki earlier. You know, one of my colleagues said something to me yesterday about the Bambi dance. And I'm like, how do you know about that? And he's like, Elena, you spoke about it on the podcast. And I went, so I did. (laughs) I forget we're recording half the time. (laughs) Yeah, what comes out comes out. Like that moment I've just shared about my brother. I didn't foresee that one coming, but... As in the moment, and that's, yeah, that's the beauty of this. I just let what comes, what wants to come out, come out. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you for holding that space for me to actually share that with the listeners. Oh, thank you. It was a beautiful moment. So, yeah. Thank you. Keep up the awesome work. Thank you for all you do with the hospices as well. I think that's wonderful. And hopefully in our lifetime, we will see the East and the West work. Yeah, together. Yeah. Yeah, and and see the value in each other as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so we'll just wrap this up. And yeah, thank you once again. And we'll chat to you soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Happy Nurse Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's content and would like to join the Happy Nurse community, head over to Facebook and check out the Happy Nurse AU Facebook page and request to join the Happy Nurse community. Also, check out happynurse.com.au for access to free downloads and subscription to my blog. See you soon. And in the meantime, remember to always offer yourself the same compassion that you so freely give to others.